welcome to Bloody Mary. I'm your host, Chicago comic, Kristen Lighty. What? Not Kristen Ryan? That's right, I got a divorce. Hey, it's been a while. How are y'all? I'm coming to you live from Bird City Comedy Festival. Woo! It's here in Phoenix, Arizona, put together by the very lovely and talented Genevieve Rice. We're having an awesome time. Uh, so what I'm going to be doing for this episode is a bunch of shorter interviews with comics from all over the country. It's going to be awesome. And our first guest here today is Dante Powell. Hey, Dante. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Dante good. is a comedian from Des Moines. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, I'm, I'm Dante from Des Moines. I'm originally from Bernice, Louisiana. Uh, and I moved to Des Moines five years ago for a girl that was letting me have unprotected sex with her. <laughs> oh. And I was like, that's worth moving for. So I did. And now I still live there. Aw, are you still having unprotected sex with this woman? No, she dumped me as soon as I got there, and oh. then I just, I just found another one. This was <laughs> another much better. one. Jesus, <laughs> that's that. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> it's in the Bible, actually. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's biblical. So I'm curious, Dante, what is your, uh, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Uh, the first horror movie I remember seeing was either like Chucky or Cujo or Children of the Corn. I don't remember. Oh, I love it was Children of the Corn. Like right mm-hmm. around, I don't, I don't know which one I saw first or anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember. It would be one of those. Those are the earliest memories I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Chucky freaked me out as a kid. Anything involving dolls. Was... Yeah, that. Yeah, because you're supposed to want to play with them and mm-hmm. have them around, and then it's like, but what if you have them around and they murder you? Yeah, and my grandmother started me on a porcelain doll collection, so I have oh. like 25 of them in my room. Just sitting around <laughs> staring at you with those perfect eyes. Yeah, I would always, uh, they they were still in their boxes, and I would turn them upside down and put them in head first, so, like, they couldn't see out. Oh, man, yeah, you, I would imagine, I would just turn them all away from me. Yeah. Like, I I can't sleep unless this is done. Oh, man, so what has your favorite time at Bird City been so far? Um. Favorite moment. Okay, we, uh, I went out to Waffle House last night with a bunch of comics, and it was a few of their, it was uh, Jen Saunderson's first time at Waffle House. <laughs> and I was worried, because I'm from the South, so I, I'm very familiar with the Waffle House experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, I, that's such a nice way to put it, the yeah. Waffle House experience. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if they were going to have it, like, the genuine experience here in Phoenix. So I kind of warned her. I was like, it's probably not going to be all you hear about it being. And then sure enough, we got there. And it's like bike week, so there were oh, like, fuck the, yeah. there was uh. a biker gang there, and sure, like she uh, she got to like have the sticky table and like the greasy food, and then uh, an old black lady was about to start a fight with another like black lady and black dude. So I was like, this is exactly what Waffle House has always been like for me. Oh, you're like, welcome yeah. to my home. This is, this is <laughs> like, when you go to Atlanta, now you can go to Waffle House there and feel at home. If you're ever in Louisiana and you go to Waffle House, you know how the experience is going to go. <laughs> and uh, it was us and a few other comics. And then she, they also, instead of them like trying to break up the fight or asking the lady to leave, the people working there were just like, they came over to our table and they're like, "Uh, hey, uh, 
we're gonna turn on some music and you guys get to pick the song. Aww. Like that was that was their way to diffuse that situation. We're like, we know you hear this terribly loud altercation happening. We're not gonna do anything to fix it other than try to make more noise happen. <laughs> so that maybe they're hoping that it'll be like positive behavior reinforcement and the fighting people will see that you got to pick a song. And be like, uh, oh yeah. man, we better be good too. Well, Jan picked Purple Rain and then oddly song. enough, they never played it. Like, oh, <laughs> Liars. Yeah. Yeah, I got taken to a Waffle House somewhere on the way to Austin, Texas and like... Mm. I felt safest in the bathroom, and there was blood on the walls in the bathroom. So Hell I think that sums yes. that up. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's a lot to go through for uh, grilled cheese. Um, so, Dante, what is your, or how do you feel about horror as a genre in general? I feel bad about it because I, it doesn't scare me at all. Like, I'm. Even like the jump scenes are like, oh, gotcha. I'm too cynical. I'm a dumbass, cynical asshole. And. I watch movies and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be scary for me because I can beat that dude up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good feeling to have, I bet, though. It's not. It's terrible. Like, I want to be afraid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I watch these movies and I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah, he's got that chainsaw, but, like, he has to hoist it and swing it. And if he misses, I'm going to ruin his fucking life. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to punch him in the throat and he's not going to breathe He's going to be down, then I can take his chainsaw, and I can cut his head off if I need. Like, I, I just... You got a plan, man. <laughs> kind of, but it's like, I do it with every movie. I'm like, oh, a doll is going to murder me? Is that what you're going to do, Chucky? You're not real. You don't, like, you physically can't do that. Also, if you do murder me, I'm going to be famous. People are going to be like, you remember that one guy oh, that was murdered by a doll? Yeah. <laughs> so... Like, I'm just, I've just become so terribly, I've become so terribly, like, cynical towards it that it, it offers me no enjoyment and I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's the I would worst. love to have that feeling. Um, so, I mean, what is your favorite horror movie? Uh, Get Out. Oh, it's the, so good. It's, yeah, that's, the and the reason I love it so much is because even, even though, like, part of it i'm trying not to spoil anything just in case oh, we do full-on spoilers on this oh, okay podcast. well yeah. so even though i don't i know that people can't actually go into someone else's body and there isn't a process for that the idea of evil white people is so real like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i may be able to beat up freddy krueger in a one-on-one fist fight but i'm no match personally for oppression from white people mm-hmm. uh, no disrespect to you you haven't personally oppressed me, but... Um, oh, no. I experience white privilege, and I'm well aware of structural racism and so, oppression, so but no like, offense taken. Well, like, I, so, like, I, I've dated white women. Like, my, my girlfriend is white, and she's mm-hmm. from a small town in Iowa, and visiting her... Fa- like, she's from a small town that's really, like, Red County small town. Uh, so, yeah. like, every time I go, the people are the nicest people in the world. They, they really like me. But I also know that, like, some of their ideals don't necessarily match up with mine. Mm-hmm. And in the event they find a reason to have that be problematic, I could, I may not end up, uh, I may not end up with one of them taking control of my body as a host, but I may end up in the back of a truck, like, after a gang of them, like, kidnap me or something. Mm-hmm. So, 
like that that was like so it was so interesting to me to watch that be made into a movie where like oh this is this is real life horror like, mm-hmm. this is for real scary uh and yeah it it like really it made me think i was like whoa this is it it's not so realistic but like the the way that this is working is just terrifying because i know that i've felt that loneliness and that like the the fear that he ends up experiencing it's so real it's mm-hmm. crazy what was your favorite part um probably probably the uh the friendship that mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. that the two guys had because this is like this is a for real thing when i when i first started dating my girlfriend when i go visit her parents i would always text my stepdad and my brothers back in louisiana like hey going to her parents place for the weekend if you don't hear from me monday like come mm-hmm. find me mm-hmm. and it was just like because that's how my parents raised me they were like hey if you like you let us know we need to know like keep us up on what's happening and so like to see his friend have his back and be like hey man something's not right here and to see his friend have his back and be proactive in finding him and mm-hmm. fix like correcting the situation it's like oh like that's a great feeling to have knowing that you've got that support system there but also knowing that like I have to be that for like my brothers and you know people who who are uh, experiencing the same thing like there's a there's a network of family and friends for most most black dudes who <laughs> date mm-hmm. white women and, and go into the woods to visit their family there's mm-hmm. somebody out there like okay I haven't heard from him in a couple hours let me just call and see and yeah, so it was it was that was my favorite part, like watching him have his friends back and not relent, like yeah. not letting it just be good enough. And but. I think so often you don't get to see male friendship portrayed in film unless it's something yeah. like stupid, you know, like we're gonna go get drunk and get chicks. Like there's yeah. a lot of that, but there's not like a, a I'm genuinely concerned for you. Yeah. Are you okay? Like I thought that friendship was really beautiful. Also, in the end, <laughs> when the cop sirens are going, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Because oh, no. you just felt like it was going to be that moment yep. of the cop from before. <laughs> yep. Uh, but then it was his friend. Like, the whole audience cheered. It was, it was so awesome. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, I, when I watched it, I was, in the, uh, I was in the theaters alone. Well, I wasn't alone, but there was, like, a, uh, there was a white couple sitting across from me a little bit, and then, like, a white guy uh, down a few rows and I was like I, I've always heard the saying like I was on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. but like it was the first time it actually happened to me at a movie and then yeah at the end I saw the cop car and I was like oh like maybe the twist is everybody dies which I mean mm-hmm. whatever at least the others are dead too like put an end to that I'm fine with it but then I uh like, I don't know, part, like, maybe it was, like, a, a black sixth sense or something, because I, like, I saw it, and then I thought that, and then I was like, no, that's gotta be the TSA guy. It's gotta oh, be. Oh, you knew. And then it was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, this is, <laughs> this is so good. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about the girlfriend. How creepy is she? 
she's she's pretty creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone mentioned this. They were like, I knew she was evil when she said, I'm not going to let anything happen to my man. And I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Like, she... <sighs> It was yeah. it was bad. She was even uh, I even was reading a thing where they were talking about how at the end she's eating like Fruit Loops, yeah. and like she has a glass of milk, so she has like the white and the colored separated. Yeah, and I'm like, oh gosh, that's such a that's such a funny thing. But like, yeah, there were just parts of it where I was like, this cannot like. Because my relationship doesn't reflect that way. Like I have, I have a, a great girlfriend. She's she's so good about all of that sort of stuff. Uh, or you think she? No, just kidding. Well, yeah, you. <laughs> but that, but that's what I was gonna say is that like she, she, I like I, tr- I trust her uh, immensely. But in the event, like, like I know that she's also uncomfortable because I still haven't let go of that part of me that's like, I trust you. But I don't trust these other people, mm-hmm. and I'd rather have my own back to be able to get out of here if I need to, than put it on you and have you, and expect you to take care of that. Like I'd just rather do it myself. And so, yeah, like when he was like, you know, trying to get the keys from her, I was like, there's no way she, like, I was like, she obviously has the keys, and she's not going to give them to him, and. When she told him, like, I can't, you know, I can't give you the keys. I was Mm. like, that's like, that's where that fear lives. That's the like central point of that fear is like getting into a situation and realizing like, oh, she can't give me the keys. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be in that situation. I want to just have the keys in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I'm just always going to keep the keys. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good metaphor. <laughs> and that scene where you see uh, she's going through the photos of all the men she's lured oh, there. Yeah. Oh, God. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my ex-husband is a black man, and watching it, I was like, oh, God, I hope he never felt like this coming home to, like, Wisconsin with me. Damn. He's from Northeast Wisconsin as well. And uh, I learned <laughs> a lot about interacting with police from him in that perspective like when we first started dating we were walking and uh, a cop just stopped us and asked for his id and i went oh you know what are you doing you can't do this da, 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 da. and uh he squeezed my hand and i was hey. like no this guy's fucking with us what are you doing and it was just like clicked in right there like oh yeah this is a different experience and i think <laughs> i think that's the beauty of this movie is it kind of lets people in to see yeah. a different experience than you know like <laughs> a different experience than the white people always have. Yeah. Because yeah. I hear that so much with police brutality. People be like, well, what are they doing to the officer? And it's like, it's not like that. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a scary, terrible situation a lot of times. And you just do as good with it as you can. But, uh, yeah, I that's what it, it uncovered a lot of... Uh, just a lot like the way you you talk about the friendship like that was just a real portrayal the way that uh like the guy in the beginning when he when he's kidnapped how you're on the phone and and like someone pulls up behind you and you're like oh man I, like it's a control thing because you realize like oh in this huge world in this huge country in this huge place 
I have so little control of anything because if this guy who's in this vehicle or this woman or whoever, if this person just wants to mess with me, they can just do that. Like they can just stop and it completely changes my life because like on the one hand, the guy got kidnapped. Okay, cool, whatever. But on the other hand, if he felt attacked and he harms the person back, then he's villain like we're villainized to mm-hmm. a certain and so uh, like my I talked with my family about it a lot and it's like, oh yes, like we like our win win situations are pretty much non existent, but our lose lose situations are at every turn and it's up to us to try to maneuver them and so uh, we were talking about how like how could he have avoided that and it's honestly just by not going home with that girl and it's like but is that that's not reasonable if you love someone you want to go home with them and meet their family and this that and the other it's like well you just have to be you have to be smart now you have to be you have to be proactive and and like I said, like I the way I text my family or the way that some people just check in and whatever, uh, like that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> horror movies. I, like, I'd much rather uh, be afraid of horror movies with like jump scenes and like. Uh, mm-hmm. People walking around with axes murdering people than like real life, but uh, it just kind of worked out the other way. Which is <laughs> hilarious to me. It's like, what's more scary, like a monster or being black? And it's like, oh, ah! Wow. That's a, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming into the hotel room to talk to me today. Thank you for having um, me. I could talk about this movie for hours same here Um, also this is a really nice hotel room i want people to know that i want to stunt real quick these hotel rooms are so nice i feel like a real comedian yeah we're we're i'm not i'm not this good but whatever thank you genevieve thank you i felt that too it's like who am i fooling what oh man dante where can people see more of you they can see me on tumblr uh moose rattler at tumblr i get a lot of people there because i had a picture that went viral that's right i'm holding a box of cheerios they can find me on facebook uh dante powell just add me add me as a friend if you're if you're on facebook and tell me you heard me on this podcast and then i'm on twitter at dante powell uh other than that, look for me on shows and festivals around the country. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're hitting all the festivals this year. I'm trying, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to I'm trying to become a famous person and make a lot of money so I can throw it at strippers when I'm bored. <laughs> you know how it goes. You've been there. You said you're going through a divorce. You, you'll yeah. get there. You'll get there. <laughs> you get to throwing money at strippers. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Thanks for being here, Dante. Thank you. Up next, we have Khan Stamandinos. Uh, he is a Phoenix comedian here. Hey, Khan. Hello. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Khan. I, I do live here in Phoenix, and uh, I'm here to talk horror. Sweet. I'm and you're very excited. Um, you're a comedian here in yeah. Phoenix. Do you, what what projects are you working on? I'm just doing comedy whenever I can. Nice. I, I want to start a podcast, so this is very interesting to me. I've oh yeah. Kinds of ideas for stuff. Yeah, so garage maybe, band maybe this will get me, get me uh, going. Awesome. Uh, so I'm curious, Khan, what's the first horror movie you remember seeing? Uh, the first I remember seeing was uh, 
I never remember which one has Freddy Krueger. Oh, the yeah, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. And I didn't watch much of it, and I still had nightmares real bad. <laughs> so. He was scary when yeah. he was little. I remember being terrified of him. Yeah, and I then, must have uh, been like six or seven, and uh, I couldn't handle it at all. Yeah, I'd say don't rewatch it. I did, and it's like, oh, man, I'm such up. an idiot. I'm not that scary. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about horror movies as a genre in general? Well, now I'm a fan. Now oh, I've come cool. around. I can watch horror. I don't get nightmares too easily anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Because yeah. most people I have on the podcast, I feel like they just love to talk about how much they hate horror Really? Movies. It's like, come on, it's fun. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like horror that's more on the non-scary side, like the slasher stuff, which doesn't really scare me, but it's still mm-hmm. fun to watch. Mm. Yeah, I have to say, I'm the opposite. I'm not into the slasher. What do you like? The... Uh, I like more like man versus himself. Oh, boy. And like the idea of like, you don't know if it's actually something happening or if this person is maybe losing sanity. I do like those too. Mm-hmm. Like Jacob's Ladder. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't I either. Check it out. Which is funny, I do a podcast about movies because I can't remember actors' names and I never remember movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just remember my favorites. I just remember and... Jacob's Ladder was like a like a childhood legend. Like, it was so scary that it wouldn't wouldn't even be in Blockbuster. Like, there was no oh, way to really? watch it. Yeah. Wow. So people talked about it like it was a big deal and I've still never seen it. I'm still scared to. <laughs> <laughs> to have a friend come over and watch it with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite horror movie to date? My favorite is actually Duel, which is arguably not a horror movie, but it scared me more than maybe any movie I've ever seen. Oh, I have to say, I haven't seen it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it's about? It's Spielberg's first movie, technically, and it's basically Jaws with a truck. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this businessman who's on a cross-country road trip for some reason and then a truck just starts following him and like threatening him and that's it that's the movie like the speed up on him <laughs> yeah and kind of like, like he's gonna run him off the road exactly huh that would be terrifying yeah, and just the guy like he's just has no way of fighting back against this truck that could run him off the road if it wanted to does he does he prevail in the end uh, he does yeah. Oh, good he, good. he beats the truck. <laughs> <laughs> How does he beat the truck? Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Oh, like, full on spoil it. <laughs> spoil it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, end up in a game of chicken, and he outsmarts the truck, so the truck drives off the cliff instead of him. Whoa. Yeah. And one of the scariest things about it is you never see the truck driver at all. Like, so it's just this ominous truck. I love that. Just a, a personified truck. It's kind of like maybe a symbol of like masculinity in a oh, way. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially you see this guy in his tiny car and this gigantic truck like right behind him. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I love it when movies never show you the villain and you have to just use your imagination. I always feel like that is so much scarier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like what? What's another one? What do you like? Uh, <laughs> I love the orphanage a lot. I haven't seen that um, one. Um, that's Guillermo del Toro, which, like, his Spanish-language films are so good. Yeah. His English and films. And they're scary. No, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's more of the freaky side of scary. Yeah. Like, you don't realize you're being scared, and then you have nightmares about the eyeball guy in Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It seeps into your subconscious yeah, exactly. a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, so Khan and I are actually on a show together this evening for the Bird City Comedy Festival. That's right. Yeah. What has your favorite uh, moment been in the festival the so festival? far? Festival? I haven't been at it much. I've been working a lot. So tonight's really my first night getting into it. But last year I had a really good time. I, I really like the open mic, which I'm hoping to do uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. The Little Birds open mic. I feel like... a, a you know, expectations are low, so you can be more loosey-goosey there. Yeah, so, we're, uh, I'm going to check that out, too. I will ask you the questions I want to ask you when we're not recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met Genevieve and Anthony at the Altercation Festival in Austin, Texas, oh, wow. and uh, I just fell in love with them. They're so sweet yeah. and wonderful, and this has been such a great festival. Yeah, Genevieve's awesome for putting it all together. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Duel? Uh, final thoughts on Duel? I think you should see it. Yes, yeah, I will go kinda see it. It's kind of flown under the radar because uh, it's like a more obscure movie, even though it's Spielberg, but like it's one of his best, I think, today. Awesome. I will totally check it out. And, Con, where can people check out more about you? Oh, man, I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's just my name, my Twitter, my long-ass name. So just type all that in and you'll I find me. I was intimidated by that name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, that's about it. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, the usual. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for stopping in to talk to us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, we're with Buck Newman now. Buck Newman is a Phoenix comedian. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, I'm Buck Newman. How's it going, everybody? Awesome. Um, So, Buck, what is the first uh, horror movie you remember seeing as a kid? Uh, The first horror scene that I remember seeing as a kid, because it was too scary to watch the whole movie, was Mm. Maximum Overdrive. It was a Stephen King adaptation, and it's the one with that green Joker face on the front of a truck. Okay. So, like, basically the electronics are all going haywire in this menacing-looking Joker. I remember, like, calling me back to the Joker and Batman, so I knew it was villainous even before. Mm -hmm. And so I just started murdering people and uh, scared the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. It's funny how, like, when you're little, everything has to be in pieces. Because it's like, I can't do the whole yeah. thing. They had one of those, like, electric turkey carvers that just turned on and fell off a ledge and chopped a guy's arm off. Oh. As an adult, I'm like, that's a long shot <laughs> <Yeah>. at best. <laughs> but as a kid, I was like, oh, no, Mom, don't don't get that out of the cabinet. Yeah, it'll kill us all. Crazy. <laughs> My imagination is too strong at this point. <laughs> You gotta wait till you deaden it. Yeah, yeah. I need the internet for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, how do you feel about horror movies in general? Uh, I love them. Awesome. My mom put a, a like a big love of horror movies in because we would actually have scary movie nights. That's on. so cool. Yeah, and she would light all the candles and like the screen door would be open and we'd watch like a new scary movie like every Friday before I was you know old enough to go out. Oh, what an awesome mom. It was pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, and I always remember growing up in Ohio, like, in the fall when Halloween's around, that was, like, my favorite holiday because they'd have the marathons of child's play and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, screen doors are open, the sun's out. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) What a cool story. I love it. Um, So what is your favorite horror movie? Uh, Currently, I'm I'm back into Jason 8, uh, Friday the 13th Part 8. Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, sweet. Um, I actually have not seen that one, so why don't you run us through what Jason's doing at are this you, Are you familiar with the first seven? Yes. Or, okay. So we're, so we're up to date <laughs> on Jason. Completely different. Yeah, yeah. If you've seen one through seven, you could probably ballpark it, except this one would be in Manhattan, and, uh, and at the end of it, 
he dies by drowning in toxic waste because that was all the rage in like oh, yeah. 1990 when that came yeah. out. So like RoboCop and Jason takes Manhattan. Nobody really knew what toxic waste did apparently, but they would just have big open barrels of it <laughs> that cars would run into and it would just cause all kinds of problems. I love the answer to toxic waste was always like, it makes you a superhero. Like, no, it'll give you cancer. And like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Kids are optimistic. Like, yeah, smear me with that toxic waste. Like, I want to learn karate. Oh, no, it's not going to be good, baby. <laughs> no. What is your favorite part? I imagine there's a lot of, like, Jason confronting yuppies, maybe. Or Yeah. This actually sounds like it would be right up my alley. I need to. <laughs> we should. We should watch this before you get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, he actually stows away. On a yacht full of yuppies. They're oh my like, god, I love this. They're like high school kids, <laughs> and they're getting taken on like a two-week like get into nature during the summer camp type thing. Oh, got to be involved with camp. And so they oh, leave, yeah. you know, uh, Crystal Lake or whatever they're currently calling it, and uh, yeah, just a bunch of rich yuppies, and he's like smashing their faces through the porthole windows, and a couple people got, uh, I think they were having sex and got impaled with a oh, yeah. spear. You got to punish that. So, but they ended up in Manhattan somehow. I think. If I remember correctly, Jason, I believe, just started mauling the engine room in the boat, and they had to dock quickly and mm. happened to wind up in Manhattan, just drift ashore. Wow. So what is? So he's like essentially just like on the streets of Manhattan murdering? Yeah, oh, yeah. Some great. scenes in Times Square back when it was notorious, and mm-hmm. he scares off a gang of robbers, I guess. I'm imagining the scene from Crocodile Dundee where he's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. It was. Actually, it was like that, except the <laughs> knife was a machete. And the guy was menacing instead of friendly. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part of the movie? Uh, the favorite part, mm-hmm. there's a scene towards the end, because... A handful of these yuppie kids did get off the boat, so that's why he's in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, gotta kill them He starts all. chasing them down, he's, and he's less interested in killing the Manhattanites than pushing them out of the way and like chasing down these four specific kids for some mm-hmm. reason. But one of them's a boxer, and so he gets cornered on the rooftop of this Brooklyn you know, housing unit, and he starts punching Jason. He's like, I'm, I'm cornered, I gotta fight my way out of it. Hits him 70, 80 times, Mm -hmm. like slowly inching him all the way across this long roof. Now Jason's heels are on the edge, and it's like very clear, like one more punch, Mm -hmm. and you're safe. Mm -hmm. And he chooses this moment to take a breather, and he just gets exhausted, and Jason knocks his head clean off of his body, uh, which flies off the building, and then lands in a dumpster, which then closes. Oh, buddy, you're so close. Yeah, but a very extravagant death, and it's like 70, 70 punches to get there, and it's like you can't suck it up for one more second. Yeah, get it together, man. Your life's on the line. <laughs> How did you run out of fight right here? Don't you want to turn around this uh, Manhattan vacation? Exactly, yeah. You're about to make it a vacation. Yeah. So how was Jason thwarted in this one? Uh, it turned into a sewer system uh, chase scene. Again, Ninja Turtles was hugely popular oh, at the time. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. And so, um, according to the plot of Jason Takes Manhattan, at around 11 p.m., the city of New York switches over the sewer drain system to uh, basically nuclear waste uh, <laughs> transportation. And so, this big alarm goes off, and uh, it's very clear everyone has to get out of the sewer like pronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason is the only one that doesn't make it up the ladder fast enough. Oh. 
so that's kind of the ending where like you don't really know if yeah. he's dead or not. They showed his mask like kind of floating. They do but, that all uh, the time. Yeah. yeah, that's how most of them end. <laughs> yeah, just usually in a lake instead of toxic waste. <laughs> a river of toxic waste. Oh man, yeah, that reminds me of like the trauma film Toxie. Yes. Toxic Avenger. Yeah, those are awesome. The trauma films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was really a lot of obsession with toxic waste. And uh, now it seems like something that doesn't really come up in films quite as much. No, yeah, we got over that collective fear, even though Chernobyl is still, like, super deadly. We're just okay with that now. Oh, man, Chernobyl. I wanted to see that movie. They made a horror movie about Chernobyl. Yeah, the Chernobyl Diaries. Was it good? Um, It was very predictable. So it was was pretty cool, though. Everybody got cancer. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, they might survive this, but... Yeah, it was just one of those, like, you know, uh, kind of hills have eyes type deals. Oh, man. So it was very good, but it's mostly shock value, so not mm-hmm. necessarily repeatable. Mm. Yeah, movies about abandoned places like The Hills Have Eyes and Chernobyl, they, I find mm-hmm. them so scary because it's like, you know, someone's living there. Yeah, that sense of loneliness is like, mm-hmm. that's one of the driving forces. Mm-hmm. Everybody's scared to be alone. Specifically out in the middle of nowhere when yeah. dangerous people could be killing you. Yeah, well, the people that choose that life, too, are usually real odd ducks. Like, yeah. I loved In the Hills Have Eyes when you saw the town that they lived in and, like, all the fucked up shit they did. Like, I yeah. want a movie just about that. Yeah, <laughs> that was so creepy. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were just like, oh, my God, you guys, what were you doing yesterday before these people showed up? Yeah, and now you're all sitting at a dinner table together. Like, <laughs> yeah. ah, how yeah. do you get each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what we just did to strangers? How do you sleep? Oh, man, that movie. That's a great one. Uh, so what has your favorite moment at Bird City Festival been so far? Uh, Bird City, the opening show was a lot of fun. I don't I don't have a ton of memories yet because I was also doing this other sketch comedy thing that I do in downtown Phoenix, so I've had to be absent for most of it. Mm-hmm. But the opening show was great. Um, everybody did really good. Uh, Pratik Travastava was oh, yeah, on Chicago it. yeah, Chicago guy. Yeah, and so I just met him. Uh, out here, awesome dude, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been, like, the yeah. first guy that I go try and find, you know, to, Which like... really cool. Yeah, like, very friendly. But um, who else was on that? Uh, there was, like, 10, 12 people on it. Everybody did really well. But um, it was just cool to kick off the festival, you know? Everybody, like, started to gather there mm-hmm. as they were arriving into town. And so it's, like, out in the hallway in between shows or in between mm-hmm. sets. There's, like, good conversations, and people are all there supporting each other and... It was just a nice kickoff. I think it's been a good festival so far. Yeah, I've had so much fun. It's been a great time. Uh, I'm really impressed, too, with the hotel. Like, Dante, Paul, and I were talking about, Uh like, we feel like real comics now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Genevieve's awesome, man. Yeah. She put a ton into this. She has. And she, I don't know if she's performing. I didn't see her on the list at all. Awesome. Well, any uh, any final thoughts on Bird City or um, the Jason... Oh, man. Check out Jason Takes Manhattan. I will. Um, you could probably skip Jason Goes to Hell, but then buckle up for Jason X. That one's in space. Oh, yeah. I did see that. I saw that one in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> he freezes a girl's head in liquid nitrogen and smashes it on a table. <laughs> I remember Oh, that. so good. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for me. Come yeah. out and see us at Bird City, man. Where can uh, people check out more on you? Oh, uh, you can find me on uh, on Facebook's where most of it gets posted. So just Buck Newman um, on Facebook or at Buck Newman on Twitter. And that's that's where you can find my stuff. Awesome. Thanks for stopping in. All right. Thanks. 
Our next interview, we have Chris Castles from Austin, Texas. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi. Well, you, you said my name, but <laughs> um, what else about me? I'm me. I have a lot of hair, and I dress silly. You do have great hair. I, I said a lot, but I'll take the great. <laughs> just to clarify, you weren't just repeating what I said, because I'm not that cocky. Nope, and uh, a good dresser, too. I like the blue pants with the red shoes. Like, most people wouldn't be able to pull that off. I was just thinking earlier that I like to give the subconscious idea that I'm wading around in a pool. <laughs> you can't see my legs. That's how laid back I am. <laughs> you do have a laid back vibe. Thank you. I like that the dressing reinforces it. Thank you. It's I'm brand. I'm trying to cultivate it. It's not brand, it's just me. <laughs> nice. Uh, Chris, what's the first horror movie you remember seeing as a kid? Oh, man. I, you know, hmm. I know the first one that really had an effect on me. Like, when I really think back, I think about, like, VHS covers Mm -hmm. uh, and going to rent movies and being actually more affected by the covers and stuff and what the movies might be and being like, oh, I'm definitely not going to open that box. Mm -hmm. Like, The Frighteners or Ghoulies or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. But, and so I've always loved the cover art design. That's what I really think about. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, yeah, yeah. I miss that experience of going to the video store. Yeah. And also I feel like my dad probably didn't let us watch a lot of horror movies. Mm. Uh, he was the more militant. You know, he had to have those rules or whatever. But the first movie I remember affecting me a lot as a kid was The Exorcist. And oh, it, it's a great it really, really messed me up. It like ha- had a very deep psychological effect. Uh, but I would also count Jaws as a horror movie in a, in a way. Oh, yeah. So they both kind of have... Like, Jaws still. Like, I, I have trouble swimming still because of Jaws. Right? Whereas, Terrifying. Yeah, whereas Exorcist maybe is just so awful that I've... My brain has not let me remember to be scared of it or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> he blocked it out. <laughs> yeah. We were playing Blind Man's Bluff, my sister and brother and I, in this open field. And right after we'd watched it, and I remember I couldn't keep the blindfold on because she kept, Reagan kept showing up. Mm. And I, so I was literally scared to close my own eyes. Oh I, I remember gosh. being scared to sleep for like a couple weeks after that, wow. watching that movie. Yeah, were you are you Catholic? Were you Catholic? Raised no, or? not not at all. And that's oh. even more fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And I have this conversation with people a lot: is that how interesting it would be to be devoutly Catholic mm-hmm. or really Christian, and then to stumble upon that movie? If you didn't run away from it and you did get through it, how horrified would you be? And I, I'm I'm curious if there are any accounts of people who are convinced that that movie was made by the devil or some <laughs> evil force because it's so powerful. Yeah, I'm sure there's some people out there. Oh, well, like all of Hollywood is the devil, you know. So yeah, there's probably some people out there that feel that. Yeah, I my family's Catholic, and the crucifix scene was real uncomfortable. Oh, she's banging herself. <laughs> Fuck me, Jesus. It's like ah. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, that and her just pissing. I think that was the most terrifying part is where she pisses and then says you're all going to die or whatever. You know what's funny is uh, another friend said that to me, too. And when she peed like that, I laughed so hard. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. It was just like, fuck your dinner party. Look what I'm doing. <laughs> I like I liked it because... Okay, I see. I like that. I like from that perspective. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. But for whatever reason, that being something that could happen made mm-hmm. it very creepy. Like, it was just so eerie and seems like a behavior that 
that I could experience. It wasn't supernatural. Yeah, and I mean, it definitely signifies, like, not being in control of your own body. And that's terrifying. Oh, dude, so, like, being possessed is just like being on Xanax, then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's really nice. Maybe it's like a fluffy cloud, and you just kind of walk through. <laughs> and that's why she got so sick. <laughs> She's not supposed to drink and take barbiturates. She's too young. She didn't know how to do her drugs yet. Yeah, I should follow up with her as an adult now that she's figured it out. <laughs> Sweet. So how do you feel about horror movies in general? I really like the genre. I also find it interesting that the majority of the genre is the the majority of female lead movies. Mm-hmm. But then transversely, most of the movies are remembered for the monster, mm-hmm. which is the man. And so that on like a level of the patriarchy versus the monarchy kind of way, just like men being in control, I wonder how much of horror movies are a symptom of the fact that we terrorize women. That's a and really that's, good point. And so from like a from that perspective, I find it interesting that there aren't a lot like you know action movies of the guys, the hero. There's not a lot of women doing that. So in the movies that women are most commonly, it's like you don't even know their names mm-hmm. and their victims. And so mm-hmm. even though they do win at the end. Or, you know, usually they think they do, and then at the very end, uh-oh, there's going to be another one, because yeah. of course you want another one. <laughs> Part so two, the, make more money. So the monster never goes away. So, like, on a more, like, symbolic level, mm-hmm. I do find that interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, the women win in this, but you're going to remember the monster man. That's a good point. And honestly, I love horror movies because I feel like there's so many metaphors for, like, structural oppression within them. And you just getting to see women murder sometimes feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not just it's not just in my head. No, this is no, totally how we all feel. Yep, it's where we go to play in our minds. Uh, <laughs> but no, you have an excellent point in that it's always about the monster. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm not trying to say because there's so many different types of horror films, and it doesn't always mm-hmm. adhere to that. But I th- find it interesting that that's like a common. That's a mm-hmm. common thing. Or that the horror film is where the where women are in charge, but the way that it's played out is it's like they're just tortured and terrified and screaming and mm-hmm. sexy. <laughs> but still sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hiking in the woods in high heels for some Yeah. Reason. <laughs> women in peril. A girl's in trouble. Uh, so Chris, what is your favorite horror movie? I don't. I was thinking about this downstairs, and I'm glad we got to talk about The Exorcist mm-hmm. because that was a contender. Um, and so this film isn't probably typically classified as a horror, but it's one of my favorite movies, and it has all the good elements. Am I teasing you enough with the you movie? You are. I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, and so I'm afraid probably people have <laughs> talked about this film too, but I The Thing. Uh, oh. Carpen- John- oh, is John Carpenter? Is it yep. Jose Carpenter? <laughs> Jonathan? <laughs> Jonathan? Uh, Carpenter is, uh, yeah, his, his The Thing with Kurt Russell is one of the most fun movies for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically, everything about it uh, just kind of fires, like nails all the things that I love about movies. It's almost like this perfect movie oh. in my mind. And I actually, this has been on my list for years that I need to fucking see it, and I can't believe I haven't. Oh my god, I, I love that you haven't. Okay. Oh, you are in for the biggest treat ever. <laughs> Lucky you. I need to really watch it. Lucky so. you. You get to, that's a really look forward, like that is the kind of movie you have to put yourself in the, mo- like you have to go through, make sure you have everything you want. 
Do you smoke? Do you smoke? No. You don't smoke marijuana. You're gonna no. smoke marijuana for this one. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe <laughs> a light, maybe a, maybe a light edible. Maybe a light edible. But whatever, it, whatever, like edible, whatever it takes to put you in the comfort zone and to kind of lock in and enjoy the movie experience. So the bigger the TV you can find, the bigger the sound system, and really, uh, no, just get into that movie and mm-hmm. let yourself go there. Wow, what a fucking cool movie. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, I want to make a movie that good. Awesome. What is your favorite part? Um, is there a favorite part in the movie? There's parts that, re- the parts that are my favorite, I think. I mean, I love the whole movie, but mm-hmm. um, just the monsters, when, when the uh, alien starts to show itself, it's just so creepy, and it's all practical effects, uh, and... It's, it's, uh, nothing, there's nothing like it. The practical effects are so cool. It, it's just, I guess it's my favorite part is it makes me feel weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it <laughs> makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my God, how horrible this experience would be. I don't know what you know about the movie. No, not a lot. And I don't want to spoil all. a lot, but, uh, and, uh, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it it's just fantastic. Everything about it. I know I'm just praising it and not being descriptive, but it, it's very isolating. You're in this isolated place, and they have to determine who this, where this alien is, and they figure out that it's taking over each of them. Oh. And so they never know who it is, and so they're so stressed out trying to determine, and they're all turning on each other. I love movies like that. Yeah, and okay. it really comes down to like where everyone's being eliminated slowly, mm-hmm. and it, it spirals out of control before they can ever really get... You know, contain it. What I really love about films like that is the interplay of you don't know if it's actually someone uh, being affected by something or if it's their own. Uh, why am I being so difficult in explaining this? Like if someone is acting that way on my their weed own, is rubbing off on <laughs> it you. It is. I'm getting so high sitting next to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, the idea that you know there is a monster or it's just them acting out in a way. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. That's deep. <laughs> super deep that's awesome I'm definitely going to check it out and John Carpenter is just like a legend so he is yeah and uh, I don't know if you saw that, that Pepsi commercial that came out that everyone was upset about I heard about it I didn't okay. watch it well and it was it was just kind of you know, it depicted this woman handing a Pepsi to uh, police officers like in a riot mm-hmm. and so they did a They Live version and I don't know if you remember the. Uh, I don't know if you remember in <gasps> They Live. They put on the glasses, and you live. can see. Yes, I actually so, have the so yeah. I suggest yeah. you watch the commercial that everyone uh, you know has something to say about, and then you you watch the parody where they do the They Live version of it. Oh my god! And yes. it really breaks down what is wrong with the commercial instantly. So it's really really fascinating. I saw that this morning. Awesome! I'm gonna check that out. Uh, what has your favorite moment been at Bird City so far? Um. Dare I say the moment I'm having right now? Oh, you flatter me. Did anyone else do that yet? No, they haven't. Damn, you can't do it now. Sweet. Uh, Where can people check out more on you? Uh, I have a podcast that's coming out in like a week or two. I've been working on for over a year called Good Cock, Bad Cock. (laughs) It's about male sexuality. That sounds awesome. That I do with my co-host Zaylee Kane. Oh, cool. And that's what you should check out. I will check that out as well. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for stopping in today. Thank you. Up next, we have Jen Saunderson in from L.A. Hey, Jen, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jen Saunderson, and I'm from Los Angeles by way of Seattle, which is where I started. Uh, oh, I love Seattle. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Actual trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and air you can breathe. Uh, yeah, I, last time I was up there, I did that show, Loudmouth Cunts, and that was a blast. <laughs> it was just so much fun to promote on all social media. Cunt, cunt, cunt. <laughs> I say try to go back whenever I can. Um, I only get to usually go back twice a year. Mm. And I love it because there's a, a gal, Danielle uh, K.L. Danielle K.L. Gregoire, one of my really close friends, and she started a comedy show up there to help promote women in comedy. And so when I go home, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many ladies here. That's This awesome. is amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm helping a friend, Addie Blanchard in Milwaukee, do like a day-long workshop for mm-hmm. women interested in doing comedy. And it's going to be essentially like a mic with a panel. And it's like, that's awesome to see ladies supporting each other like that. Yeah, I mean... I in LA you'll see auditions and things like that and the women there are usually really cool with each other and like when you're at the at the open mics or at a show there's like maybe you and two other ladies and you have to be supportive of each other because you're sometimes the only mm-hmm. the only similar voice for sure uh, to a sea of hey you guys I'm in my 20s and my penis is pretty cool I know right I'm like where did all these like straight white dudes come from that they just have this like inner need to talk about their dick on stage like yeah I don't think I, I think yeah I don't believe I ever went hard into the pussy jokes oh, when I do, started. The crowd freaks out. Like, oh. What? No. Yep. Two ladies on a podcast. We're already talking about our vaginas. Hey. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'm too lazy to get a tampon and I just get a boxing glove worth of uh, toilet paper and stick it right up there. And I'm like, yeah, I know what toilet paper's made out of. I don't have to worry about what's in my twat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wish I had like morning radio sound. <laughs> I just feel like there would be like the sound of clowns honking horn. Burp, 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 burp. It's like, yeah. Oh, this is great. Uh, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing, Jen? I don't remember seeing the horror movie, but it's the only time my dad who did not raise me, but I would see him on weekends and sometimes summer. Every other Wednesday. <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. It's like, man, I would totally have a kid if I could have my dad's father's schedule. <laughs> be wonderful. Um, he he let me watch um, Predator, which isn't necessarily a horror movie, but it kind of... It's like scary. It, Yeah, it was oh. scary. So scary that I refused to go to take a bath because it was in another room separated from them. And I was super scared, even though I probably would have been able to survive if I was in, like, super cold water. And that's how Predator wouldn't find me. (laughs) But as a child, I did not grasp this. It was my first radar movie, and I was so scared. And he's like, whenever he talks about disciplining my brother, he's like, well, there was only one time I ever had to give Jenna spanking. I'm like, yeah, it was Predator. It was your fault, and I was eight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, another situation where I got too scared to go take a shower was actually the name of your podcast, which I will not say several times. <laughs> I was super scared of it because, uh, like, we started finding out about this urban me- urban legend um, in elementary school, like I think most kids do. And I was so scared. My stepdad who raised me, who is only maybe 13 years older than me. My mom started young, married a young man. It all worked out. They're not together. But, you know, other parts worked out. Way and, to go, Mom. Way to go, Mom. And he, he was great. But one part, she does, she she never recalls this, but I'm like, yeah, remember when I didn't want to take a shower and he locked me in the bathroom, turned off the lights, and started chanting 
Bloody Mary. Oh, and I just started screaming and crying. I was like, no, you're going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. My parents loved being mean, too. Like, um, they, when I was very little, I was really sensitive to the music of horror films. Same. Yeah, so, like, they would sing the Twilight Zone theme song, like the dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee, and I'd be like, stop, stop. And then they would also do Jaws. They'd go, uh, <laughs> and I just was screaming. Like you're a cat and they're a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I have therapy issues. Um, my dad was, uh, my stepdad, he was a self-trained musician and he would play the Halloween soundtrack. Mm, so I knew of the Halloween soundtrack before I ever watched the movies. And I, I unfortunately watched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, before I saw any of the other ones. Mm. So I was so confused. <laughs> like, okay, so where's Michael Myers? And I understand there's a mask, but like, how? Um, mm-hmm. And I, the songs I was scared of was... Uh, or were the theme song from Are You Afraid of the Dark? I would walk into the other room. It was a great theme song. Yeah, I was so scared of it. I'd walk into the other room and be like, let me know when it's over. When they're at the midnight council. And then I would be super scared of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, the yeah, theme song from creepy. Unsolved Mysteries. I was like, oh no, how is music going to hurt me? But it's gonna. It's <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not scared of Michael Myers, but I'm scared that a song is going to somehow animate itself and come and kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that one, and then uh, Tales from the Dark Side was so creepy too. Oh, I don't think I remember I think I'm that a bit theme. Older, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so how do you feel about horror as a genre in general? I love horror movies. I host Horror Brunch at my home what? in Los Angeles where oh. um, I, I bring... I love both those things. I so know. Much. It's the best. I bring comedians over and I tell everybody, bring your favorite horror movie and then bring a brunch dish. And my friend Ed Galvis and I are going to be hosting a podcast called Horror Brunch and I'm hoping that we will make brunch dishes based off of the horror movie. Like, if it's a leather face, maybe there's something with tortillas. I don't know. I <laughs> think you just cut out some faces. Some, like, jerky, too. Uh, we could, like, yeah, some jerky could, together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, it'll be fun. Um, but my husband always tells me, because my favorite, my favorite um, horror movie is, and I always forget, it's this movie in the 40s that spawns so many different horror genres um, it's like after dark or no, 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 before, ah, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? It's one of those anthology ones where it's like different stories. Oh, I love stuff like that. And they have the one where like there was, um, oh gosh, when, when we take a break or something, I will be able to Google it. And I love this movie. It's really hard to find. It's from the forties. It's British. It has one of the red graves in it. And um, they have, like, a segment where a ventriloquist is the villain and another one where... They're all villains. <laughs> well, it, well, it starts with there's a guy and he comes into, like, this residential or, or this country house, totally different, country house, and everything is deja vu to him. And you find these people are going through these ghost stories, and one of them is a girl who like goes up into the attic and finds this lost child and finds out, oh my gosh, they were dead. And then another mm-hmm. one is kind of like, there's room for one more. And then another one is the ventriloquist. And then 
at the end you find out he's reliving all of this and the end loops it all over again like he's coming back to the house Whoa, and it's really trippy awesome. for the 40s especially and I'm so sorry that I don't remember it's I always forget it, but I always want to watch it. But my husband's like, you can't watch it during Horror Brunch because everyone's going to talk over it and you're going to get really fucking pissed. <laughs> and, oh, what a good guy. Like, He's averting you from so many fights. Yeah. He's like, don't you understand? you got to know about the plot. Um, that premise of Room for One More, like I have been going mad trying to remember where I saw that in a movie. There's that. You could go with the Twilight Zone, almost with the, the episode of um, Willoughby, which is kind of like that. And then I think they also have like a Room for One More um, episode as well, where I think it's a streetcar um, I was trying to write a joke about it because my family all works at the paper mill and I always felt like that scenario was very like a room for one more, job for one more. Like, I don't want to work at the paper mill. Oh, no. <laughs> That's kind of mean. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm going to definitely look that up. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes to like favorite horror movies, as a kid, I loved Children of the Corn because oh, I was like, a good one. I'm fucking going to live through this because I'm a child <laughs> and I have the power. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. He wants you, Malachi. Let's do this. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and then um, because it's Bird City, I, I definitely would say The Birds. I love The Birds. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan and it's so weird that Hitchcock like credits uh, Bernard Herrmann, who he worked with so much. As this as writing the score, but there's no music in it except for that creepy scene with the children, mm-hmm. and right before the big reveal that they've taken over that jungle gym and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that film. <clears throat> I I love the weirdness of Tippi Hedren's career. How have you ever heard of the movie Roar? No, tell me about oh Tippi. Oh my god, what a weird name too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like some Swedish like nickname. Oh. Um, but Roar, her family was really big into wildlife protection, and they, her husband, who produced one film, I can't remember what it was, um, but they had all of these lions on their property, and they, he decided, I'm going to make a movie over the next decade. We'll have no animal trainers. We will just live with these lions. Oh, no. And it is, like, you're watching it, worried about these lines, but rest not, because no line was harmed, but 70 people were mauled. Oh, my God. And you're, <laughs> and you're watching it on screen, you're like, holy crap. Like, um, Melanie Griffith is Tippi Hedren's daughter, and she had to have facial reconstruction, reconstructive surgery because she got mauled. Uh, Tippi Hedren broke her leg. Oh, my God. The husband's constantly getting trampled by these lions. It's called Roar, and they recently um, re-released it, uh, like, I think about a year ago. TCM had it, and my husband and I were like, we are watching a wildlife snuff film right now. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> That is not a genre I had really thought about before. <laughs> <Wow>. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that uh, with the cannibal holocaust or whatever, with the where um, they killed the turtle, the tortoise, and everything. It's like, oh well, now the animals are fighting back in mm. war, mm-hmm. so you can do whatever the hell you want here. Yeah, they um, chase them through. There, he has big giant cats on his truck or his jeep in um, in a speedboat. Like, 
why did you think this was okay? Yeah, that seems insane. But, yeah, I I love Tippy. Um, I really love her and Marnie, but Birds, like, I love that scene where that that town's lady is like, I think you're evil. I think you started this. She actually does slap that woman in that scene. It's not a stage slap. She really does get her. Um, But, yeah, and you have, like, really good actresses, like... uh, um, Jessica Tandy, who, like, you wouldn't expect in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. She's such a classically trained, nice, sweet British lady. Yeah, and she's Murder, She Wrote, right? Oh, uh, that... that's Angela Lansbury. Oh, I just always like to talk about Angela Lansbury, I guess. No, she's still <laughs> up and running. She's still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about the birds is that it portrays that um, uneasiness sometimes that I feel with nature. Like, there's the moment before you realize like it is a mass amount of birds that are going to attack people where it's just everyone ignoring it you know mm-hmm. and then in that moment you're like that's a lot of a lot of birds <laughs> that seems really cool but not i'm gonna go inside <laughs> that scene with that jungle gym hitchcock um had some live birds and they were um they had little ropes tied to their talons onto the jungle gym and then stuffed birds and oh. your eye only really gravitates towards the birds that are moving, so it gives the illusion that it's all live birds. Oh, wow. Neat. Which I assume this, again, was probably way before PETA. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Don't worry. What, you got some doves? Whatever. <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite scene of the birds? I would say um, the townswoman, definitely, and mm-hmm. then the moment where she's going up to that neighbor's house and he has those matted eyes where it's been um, completely hollowed out mm. and painted over. So it just looks like these sockets could just go through the wall. It's just so vacant and just terrifying because the, the, t- the way that he shot it where it's just not a quick glance, it's like a, a stepped, I don't know the term, but it's just like boom, 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 like eyes. And you're like, oh my gosh. The way she runs out, you're like, yeah do that Mm -hmm. oh my goodness and then she goes through a similar situation like nobody is safe in this movie like hitch is so good at like yeah you you like this star well i'm gonna send them through the ringer and Mm -hmm. like or i'm just gonna murder him it's totally cool no 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 worries i am god here (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah actually even you mentioning that i the pecked out eyes like hurt my stomach to think about it's like yeah, like you didn't have a lot of makeup to work with at that time. I mean, of course, the the giant, almost double size birds that are overlaid over top of the actors, you're like, well, this clearly isn't real. <laughs> but that part, you're like, okay, maybe this guy really is dead and they just wheeled him in here. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty creepy and just the the birds flying down to that telephone booth like they just don't they're kamikazing just right into it like mm-hmm. you know we don't care it's for the greater good of all of the other <laughs> birds that we killed tippy hedron so she can never make roar Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh it is fun. a really great metaphor for group think too like, yeah and when they're just slowly walking out and just kind of pushing the birds with their feet Mm -hmm. it's so weird and then they're just going off into the sunset like well is this everywhere is this like nature's fighting us back is this like the happening but good is like (laughs) 
How do you feel about nature? Are you a fan of the outdoors? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Washington. I mean, it's all around you. Oh, yeah. That's um, and I, I really do like just taking a hike, which you can't you can't exactly do in L.A. because you'll you'll take a hike, but you can still see the skyscrapers or a Doritos bag and some shrubs. So you're like, well, this took me out of it. Um. <laughs> or somebody will be doing a stupid fashion shoot, and you're like, I'm trying to work out. <laughs> so, you can't be here, end result. Like, <laughs> I have to say, I, I enjoy being in nature sometimes, but I don't trust it ever. No, I mean, especially, I don't want to sound sexist, but, like, as a lady, you know, you, you want to just run or you want to just walk someplace by yourself. And you're like, <laughs> well, I'm vulnerable at any moment. Yeah. Somebody could somebody could jump out and then, you know, they'll find me and it'll also be another jogger. Yeah, every true crime show. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much, yeah. It's <laughs> always in our minds all the time. <laughs> yeah. I keep pepper spray. Like, I drove to Bird City. I kept pepper spray with me just mm-hmm. in case. Yeah, that's smart. Like, yeah, every time I've ever tried to test my pepper spray, so I'm like, is there pepper spray still in here? Okay, it's in my face. <laughs> when I was 18, I hitchhiked the West Coast and, uh, and like, rode buses, too. But my auntie was like, well, if you're going to do this, take this pepper spray. And I never used it and then got home and was, like, playing with it and sprayed it on paper and poof, right back yeah. into my face. It's always on the windiest day that you're like, I'm going to try to see if I have pepper spray I, left. You know what? I'm oh, my idiot. gosh. <laughs> hey, what is your favorite moment at Bird City so far, Ben? Favorite moment was a bunch of comics, and, and I uh, went to a Waffle House because I had never been, and that was last night. And they are like, okay, I got really excited as we were driving through. And I was like, oh, Whataburger, I've never been there. A Waffle House, I've heard things. Not always good, but mm-hmm. let's experience this. And we decided to take an Uber. We took a $20, or no, we took a $20 taxi oh. to a Waffle House, which was more <laughs> expensive than probably all of our bills together. And the cab driver's like, I don't know if there is one here. And then I was trying to give him directions. I was saying, it's the only Waffle House here in town. And then he started snipping back. Well, I know where it is. It's the only Waffle House. I was like, all right, ease up. I just up. said that to you. Yeah, so <laughs> we got there and um, the two guys, no, there's three guys, and two of them told the waitress, well, this is her first time ever at a Waffle House. And mm-hmm. the waitress was like, you came at the worst time. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, it's like midnight. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, um... Oh, gosh, what did she say? It was biker week. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, guys up with, like, their biker jackets and stuff. And um, I ended up getting these uh, hash browns with just a slice of cheese on it. I thought it was going to be a cheese sauce. <laughs> no, it's, like, a craft single. And I got – it. Could I could only eat half of the waffle. It was so butterscotchy. It, was, it wasn't even maple. It was just, like, very butterscotch. It was weird. Um, not bad, but different. And – um, as we were hanging out there, a fight started to break out near us, and one of the cooks came in and was like, sorry about the fight, we're going to start playing music, Would you? do you have a recommendation? And for some reason, I just go, Princess Purple Rain! <laughs> and we were there for another 20 minutes. No music ever played. <laughs> like, I, I really think that we're just going to drive by there and just all of a sudden we'll hear... Purple rain, purple rain. 
for you, Jen. It's all for you. Like, oh, the omen. <laughs> I refuse to watch the remake. I know. Like, you can't. The omen by itself is so great. So good. Doesn't need to be touched. Is it? It's Gregory Peck too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, how could you? How do you go from Atticus Finch to I have to kill the Antichrist? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a stretch. Oh, I laughed really hard at your Waffle House story because Dante told that story as his favorite moment. So you are oh, a festival really? best friend. Oh uh, yay! yay! Yeah, today uh, we went on another culinary adventure where we went to a uh, place to try tortillas that were made from scratch, and oh. then a place for um, for sodas with uh like ice cream floats oh yum that's yeah awesome. gotta try different foods when cool. you're out well it's been a blast having you here we need to get you to your show though um, where can people check out more about you um they could go to my website i guess uh jensaunderson.com and i have a show i would love for people to check out on ifc.com uh called the filling is mutual with my best friend jenny and we uh, we make food based off of a comedian's jokes. That's so cool. Like, what are some of the dishes you've made? Uh, like, a friend of mine, Ty Barnett, has a joke about getting older and sex and how when you're in your 20s, sex is like fast food. You want it all the time. But when you're in your 30s, it's kind of like cupcakes. It's like, ah. I don't want to have to make a cupcake. I'll have a cupcake if somebody gives it to me. <laughs> like, I don't want to ruin his joke, but it's something along those lines. So we made an aphrodisiac cupcake that had a bunch of different aphrodisiacs in it. Ooh. And then Jenny was like, we're going to put an oyster on this. So she stuck a hole into the cupcake with her finger and then put an oyster in it and ate it like a champ. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, no. Her, um, Ty and I had not had oysters at that point. And we both were not feeling it. <laughs> like, he walked off screen, spat it into the tra- and the, not even the trash. I think into the toilet. I ate it and just kept biting lemons. Like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. It's like nasty water um, from the sea. And then she, she was just like, I'm ready to fuck. It's like, all right. <laughs> She sounds fun. She's great. It's just so crazy when you think about like all that frosting and frosting is just butter and sugar and butter and sugar with an mm. oyster. Yeah. And oh. she's lactose intolerant, so she did oh, not no. feel good. Oh. <laughs> so. That show sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Cool. Please do. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in to talk with Thanks. me. I love other funny ladies that like horror movies. Yes. We're, we feel like down the road there will be a collaboration of some kind because it's rare right it is good stuff though Mm-hmm. definitely more ladies in horror and comedy get on it hey we're back we have with us hannah michaels in from la hey hannah hey what's up not much hey why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh sure uh i grew up in la in santa monica um and if you don't know what santa monica means it means that my mom names her composting worms oh wow there are a lot of crystals in santa monica and a lot of um i'm guessing jill stein voters that's what santa monica is i wouldn't have guessed that i always pictured santa monica as more of like yuppie i guess it is. I've it's, never been. I have no idea. It's rich, old, white hippies. It's like the most misguided people on our side are in Santa Monica. <laughs> oh, man. The crystals are far-reaching, though. I uh, I have friends who recently, they told we were at like a strategic planning session for an organization I'm on the board of, and they told me they have rocks in their bras, and it helps balance them, and I was kind of like... 
<laughs> Jen actually has a bit of when we had a brunch in LA with a bunch of different female comics and then a bunch of them were like let's go look at crystals and we were just oh okay sure oh god I don't I don't want to say anything that's in her bit but um mm-hmm. the guy there um like the guy who owns the shop just robes upon robes ah <laughs> uh, you know, adults, you just, we shouldn't wear robes outside. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of worry, like, if this is where it begins, like, you know, becoming your parents, where I'm like, oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not about robes or crystals. That's some hippie nonsense. And I'm just like six years later voting Republican or something. Oh, God, <laughs> I worry about that terrifying. too. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that would be against everything in my being, though. So I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> No, it's I think we just develop their coughs and whatever like wheezing thing that they do. I think that's what I've been starting to hiccup burp and my dad does that. And it's really upsetting. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have my mom's arthritic hip and uh, their heartburn. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. Thanks. Definitely my mom's knees that bend backwards. It's Uh, (laughs) super fun. Oh, man. Uh, so, Hannah, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? I saw Psycho. Uh, oh, my dad such showed a good us Psycho. One. It was it was really great. My dad showed us Psycho and then didn't tell us about his relationship with his mother until we were adults. Oh, do tell. Uh, verbally, <laughs> I'll say verbally inappropriate. Really? Uh, yeah, I have a I have a zine coming out from Devastator Press. Ooh, I get to plug stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you do. It called uh, Mom Presents. I think these guys are hot stuff. And it's based on her and what my dad told me about her. It's basically like a newsletter from a mom, like a Christmas letter from a mom to her daughter crossed with like Maxim magazine. And we found a bunch of uh, stock photos of sad middle-aged dudes who didn't know they were in stock (laughs) photos, who didn't know how to pose for a photo. It was great. I want this scene. (laughs) It sounds amazing. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, I can't imagine, my parents are therapists and I told them, please put this in your waiting rooms. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine (laughs) that that's a healthy thing to do. I can't imagine it's good for their careers. Both their both parents are therapists. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, why wow. I do so this. So what was growing up like? It was, uh, Weird. You talk about um, feelings a lot. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talking through things, which is, it's a good skill to have as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some other skills that are not so good to have, which is just overanalyzing everything you do, mm. and diagnosing yourself, and just waking up in a panic because you think that you're that there's something really wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe maybe I would have turned it out that way anyway. Like maybe that's just how comics are, and I think a lot of times, a lot of times comics are born with something that can be switched on or off. You know, mm-hmm. so I think maybe maybe I would have been that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just would have been like every time I meet someone new, I need a notepad to like write down all the terrible things I think I said. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that a yeah. little bit here and there, definitely. Yeah. But Psycho was. Psycho is a great lesson in suspense. Mm-hmm. It's so good, too, that you just, he leaves so much to your imagination, and in that, it's terrifying. Yeah, I love that. And it's like kind of a shout-out to Ed Gein from Wisconsin, where I'm from. So oh, yeah. Hometown pride there. <laughs> I read a lot of true crime, so I know exactly who you're talking about. He's a big arts and crafts guy, for those of you that don't know who Eddie is. Yeah. No, also had a weird mother relationship. Wasn't yeah. Silence of the Lambs also kind of him? I yeah, a little bit Buffalo Bill in that yeah. he would wear skin and stuff, and I think he had a nipple belt actually. 
Yeah, I think he's, I'm so I think excited so. about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so, how do you feel about horror as a genre? Um, I love it. I love like Yay. probably because of how I was raised and stuff. I love psychological horror. I love stuff like that. But it's it just gets deep into all of our worst fears and everything. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's I, I haven't seen enough horror movies. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of trying to start my education now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like it's the one genre that I can watch pretty much everything within, and I'll like it. Like comedy, mm, it has oh, to be yeah. very particular. It has to be dark comedy, yeah. and then I love it. Or like romantic comedy, it just makes me want to hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. But yeah, I definitely I love horror. Yeah, I love being a comic, and like you're you become funnier but what you find funny just becomes darker and darker and darker <laughs> i just had chris castles on when you you all walked in and we were talking about that scene for the exorcist when the, the little girl pees in the middle of the dining room and i was like i laughed so hard and he's like yeah. i was terrified I'm like, oh yeah uh, yeah oh god <laughs> i'm so glad you said that because i was gonna uh, talk about something today mm-hmm. i think audition is hilarious um, oh, I just saw that one. There was numerous times where I laughed kind of yeah. hard. I and mean, it's it's really funny what men are afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's really funny what men are, are sensitive to. And it's all in the whole movie at the end of the day, there's a lot of physical stuff that happens, but it's about emotional entrapment. Mm-hmm. And men are, that's, I... I just ha- maybe it's just my relationships with men. Maybe I'm emotionally terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional terrorist. But um, but yeah, it seems like that's what dudes are really afraid of, and it's a really cool exploration of that. And it's that's hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, and what I loved about that movie is that the uh, the woman, the attacker, like I feel like she fit made the. Um, she made the pain she experienced through sexual assault physical on yeah. men. So it was like the statement of, here, now do you fucking get it? This hurts. And, yeah. Uh, I loved that about the movie. And uh, just also the kitty, 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 kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love revenge movies in I know, general. They're so great. They're amazing. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, what is your favorite horror movie to date? Um, this is kind of a cliche answer, uh, but I think Carrie. Oh, no, not cliche at all. That movie is amazing. And it blows me away that it was written by a man. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, I don't know, I feel like, my mom was not super religious, but I grew up with a very, like, I need to control everything mom, and her last name was White. <laughs> so it hit real close to home, huh? Oh, yeah, and I remember being in, like, third grade, too, and just, like, being in Hebrew class, which I did not want to, I did not want to be in a religious school, and staring at the clock and trying to make it crash on the teacher's head with my mind. <laughs> I so love that fun. you said that because when I watched Carrie for the first time too, I was totally rooting for her as well. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I wish I could do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I imagine high school was not that awesome for you? No. Me neither. Weird. Huh? <laughs> It's so strange that we're comics now. I would never have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what is it about Carrie? Like, obviously, you just said it hit close to home, but what else really drew you to it? 
Um, I think the high school mentality mm. is really captured in the in the pacing of it. Just that this is there was there was this feeling in the way that it was written and the way that it was shot that this is there's a sense of doom and that this is everything. This moment is everything. There's no future, and that's that's high school. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, that's so true. Now, when you look back, it's like, oh, that shit didn't matter. Yeah, none of it makes a difference. But, like, also, there's no other area in life, really, where you're trapped with that many people for that long. Yeah. I mean, maybe work a little bit is like that, but it's not as intense as high school. Yeah, no. Work, you have to be nice to each other, you know? You do, but it's not, people aren't going through, like, crazy hormonal changes. Oh, that's true, too, yeah. <laughs> and they have vacation time, and they're getting paid. That's true, yeah. You're just forced to be there, and it's awful. Uh, yeah, you know who I hated most in Carrie is that, that asshole Kit. Yeah. the red hat. Oh, such a bitch. Yep. <laughs> um, I also, like, I don't know how I felt about um, the nice girl. What's yeah. her name? Like, oh, God, what's, what is her name? Uh, oh, I should remember her name. I just remember Kit, I guess. Um, but, you know, like she, like, she was orchestrating this fake scenario for Carrie to take her boyfriend to prom, and it yeah. just felt weird. Yeah, and that happens a lot in high school, these, like, misguided setups yeah. that happen so much. I remember my aunt was telling me about one that she was... She was like me, like super underdeveloped until 18, like super looked like a child. And her friend was just this beautiful, like LA blonde, like crazy. And she goes on a double date that her friend orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And this, and um, the guy, the guy that her friend went out with, who actually really wanted to go out with her and her friend was like well only if you take Allison like that Uh, those they're never fun uh, and it's always more humiliating I think to find out that it was planned oh so much more than it just didn't happen I'd be fine with that and the guy that (laughs) the guy that her um her friend was hanging out with was like uh, was looking into her friend's eyes like wow your eyes are so beautiful and she's like oh thanks they're blue in the light and green underwater and it's (laughs) and then and then Alice, my aunt Allison's date uh, turns to her and asks, what color are your eyes? And she goes, brown, shit brown, shit brown all the time. <laughs> your aunt sounds fun. She's hilarious. She's a screenwriter. She's great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So what is your favorite uh, part of Carrie? Oh, God, I don't know. I saw it. The, the reason I say it's my favorite is because I remember the feeling that it mm-hmm. gave me. But I saw it so long ago, I don't remember the specific scenes but I do remember all of the specific scenes with them when the mother finds out about her powers oh, and yeah. just that that level of tension and fear is so palpable mm-hmm. I can I can bring that up and remember that now oh yeah definitely and like, what I loved about those scenes too is like when you finally saw Carrie get a backbone and defend herself like, yeah and that was kind of cool yeah that was wonderful oh god that 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 prom scene when she just let's loose on those kids that's a beautiful moment <laughs> i know right it's probably not very fashionable for us now to talk about loving that scene uh, <laughs> but it did feel really good yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely agree uh, but yeah like there's so much in-depth writing about the like female experience of high school and like you know having your period and all of that i was really impressed with stephen king with that yeah 
I loved Stephen King though. Like that's all I read in middle school, pretty much. Are you a great. fan of his as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone <laughs> told me they were like, you know, early Stephen King before he went crazy. I was like, what? I don't recall what? that. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that he gets to do cameos in all his movies too. I would totally do that if I were. Oh right. yeah, me too. I would. I would uh, Stanley the shit out of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so what has been your favorite Bird City moment? Oh, God, I can't be the third person to say Waffle House. You can. It's, okay, it's... Waffle House. <laughs> I'd, I'd also never been to a... Jen and I are both from uh, from the West Coast, and I'd also never been to a Waffle House. <laughs> and my napkin was translucent by the end of the day oh, with God. grease. Oh. It was so... Oh, God. I made myself so sick. It was so much fun what and so worth have? it. I had a bunch of bacon and a uh, waffle. Mm. And... Um, yeah, it's bacon tastes really good when your mom keeps kosher. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can tell I'm hungry because I mmm Waffle House. <laughs> Gross, Kristen. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been so great having you here. Uh, where can people find more about you? Uh, my Twitter is at Hannah Michaels. It's H A N A M I C H E L S. They did that. That my what, my mom's name is Judy White. Like what the? Why did she saddle me with this? I have to Judy go to White. CVS and spell it out every time I get the pills that I need because of her. No, it's fine. No, she was a good mom. I'm not. She's not the mom in Carrie. Oh man, this has been hilarious. This Thank you for coming. Fun. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're here with Michael Palladino at Bird City Comedy Festival. Hey, Michael. Hey, how you doing? Awesome. I'm really good. Hey, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Michael Palladino, and I am a comedian and storyteller in the Phoenix area. I live right down the street from this Bird City Comedy Festival, so this is very convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to deal with parking, then. I don't. Oh, you're so lucky. Just take a $5 lift back and forth, and that's that. Nice. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah, so Ian, you were also um, a writer on The Hard Times. I've written for The Hard Times, yes. I've had a few articles up with them. I write for uh, Runt of the Web, which um, I don't know if, you're, if your listeners know about that one. Not a lot of people know about that site, but it's a fun little um, satire site as well. And uh, yeah, those are, I guess those are my two claim to fame. I also um, uh, co-host the Bird City Radio podcast the official podcast for this very festival awesome mm-hmm. cool thanks for being with me today thanks for having me for sure uh so michael what's the first horror movie you remember seeing as a kid i i actually really don't know because horror and this probably is going to be your second follow-up question horror is not really my genre mm-hmm. so i don't recall um god maybe just like uh bits and pieces of Candyman. oh at, that's such a good at uh, three in the morning at, at a friend's house sleeping over um mm-hmm. when i was a kid i, I just Something about horror was never really, and I know this is kind of sacrilege on your podcast and stuff, it's just, <laughs> the genre never really resonated with me. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just being, coming up in the in the 80s and 90s, I feel like there there is some great horror there, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think a lot of it was just, and I, I, if I'm upsetting your, your, your base, uh, I, I, I really am sorry, but just, there's a lot of... Um, I mean, cool practical effects. There's no CGI or anything, but just a lot of like gore for gore's sake. But mm-hmm. yeah, it really yeah. was heavy in the '80s. Mm-hmm. That kind of turned me off to it. But mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate the genre. I get it. Uh, 
and uh, my horror movies are kind of more like Silence of the Lambs, things oh, like yeah. that, like psychological horror. But mm-hmm. um, I do have a, a favorite horror movie, which I'm sure you're going to ask me about mm-hmm, soon. I will. So. Mm-hmm. I have to say, too, don't be worried about having that opinion because most people I have on the podcast are like, I hate horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only doing it because I like you. So like, okay. <laughs> I need to get my name out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I do feel like, um, you know, horror as a genre, the critics hate it. Like, I very rarely read good reviews. Like, I mm-hmm. think Get Out is one of the first movies that I've seen yeah. like, rave reviews for in mainstream media. Um, so that's interesting. I think usually um, the ones that are considered, like, well done by critics, they usually, they have the word, like, thriller in, in, mm-hmm. the, in oh, there yeah. somehow. So, something where it's, like, tense and psychological and not just, you know, so blatant and just shock value kind of mm-hmm. stuff you know oh yeah i definitely agree with you also about psychological horror i love that so much more when like the monster or you know the murderer isn't revealed you have to use your imagination and think about there's it. a ramping up to it yeah, yeah for and, sure uh, some of the films people pick for me to watch like i have to have my phone out to look at it while they're going like especially french horror is so gory yeah and uh, yeah, Angie Harris, shout out to you, making me watch Martyrs was, mm-hmm. <laughs> was like a terrifying experience. It's very brutal and awful. There's something about European horror which is just a little different, right? You yeah. know, actually, uh, one that I really do like, and this isn't the, like my main one here, but Let the Right One In. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really impressive to me. I I, I really enjoyed that one. That had kind of. Uh, good story to it that's the thing as mm-hmm. long as there's a good story and not just teenagers getting off one by one you know <laughs> with a little bit of sex thrown in i mean that's fine but yeah i, I prefer a, a story yeah definitely and i liked that with let the right one in because anything involving children i think is just it's inherently scary yeah. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. children of the corn definitely oh for sure mm-hmm. yeah so michael what is your favorite horror movie that would be the fly 1986 <sighs> david cronenberg jeff goldblum gina davis Yes, that's easily my favorite horror movie of all time. It's a great movie. And mm-hmm. I heard they dated while that was happening. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Power couple. Mm-hmm. He also dated Laura Dern when he was doing Jurassic Park. So <laughs> he will just date his co-stars. That's the kind of guy Jeff Goldblum is. Man, yeah. that's, I would love to be in a movie with him. Mm-hmm. He's a very beautiful man. I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, so what made you pick The Fly? I just always loved that movie. The first time I saw it, I must have been a kid, and I watched it uh, on regular television, edited in, in the afternoon, and um, so I missed. You know, you don't get the full effect, but it was it had a really big impact on me. So I had to watch the uncut version. And there's just so many things about it that I really enjoy. We talked about ramping up before. Mm-hmm. Nothing is upfront with the fly. It is. Um, it's like you're a frog in a pot of water and it's slowly getting turned up on mm-hmm. you. So, you know, in the in the, ver- in the uh, very beginning of it, he's a scientist, he's dating Gina Davis, he's got this breakthrough thing, he's got, he's kind of full of himself, he's got like the hubris that's coming, you, you could tell, and, um, and then from there, it's just something so small, something you wouldn't even think twice about, a small fly in the other transportation pod uh, sets all this in motion, and then, just the kind of like you know he's a little bit different he's got some hairs growing out of his back now he's he's got terrible acne and then his fingernails are are, are falling off and then just one thing after another until the, the big reveal at the end i just love mm-hmm. that kind of nothing is so upfront and right in your face in the very beginning it's just 
you by the time if you're the kind of person that gets too freaked out by gore and all that kind of stuff by the time all that gets to that point in like act three it's too late and you're already invested in it and you have to just be a part of it you know? mm-hmm. also i love that movie a lot because i feel like it's a really great metaphor for abusive relationships that's the thing there's so many different metaphors mm-hmm. you could say yeah abusive relationships are one um, I just read the Wikipedia uh, before I came on to, to kind of study up on it. And I guess David Cronenberg's intention was that it was about disease mm-hmm. and take, you know, the body being taken by that. I think like abusive, uh, um, uh, like you said, it's that's for sure. But then also um, drug use, mm-hmm. I think, would be mm-hmm. a big thing because the whole thing of or like steroid use, maybe mm-hmm. and how she's she's wise to it from the get-go you know you're not who you used to be yes i am in fact i'm better than i used to be and you're just jealous and mm-hmm. then him going out and finding other women and that and that, you know just that kind of thing it's a very um it's something of course it's so outlandish the man turns into a big fly but there are elements of it where if you've ever been in that kind of situation whether you were the guy or the woman or the soft bearded man that she runs to, to mm-hmm. for, for comfort, oh. uh, which is such a <laughs> common trope. Um, you, you could definitely watch that movie and identify, yes, bad relationships, drug use, um, just getting sick, at, you know, the, the point where he realizes he has a problem and he's, and he's begging her for help. That's very, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much to that movie that is just very gripping. Yeah, and that final scene is so gut-wrenching. Oh, where he, he yeah, the fly monster puts the gun to his own head? Yeah. Yeah, that's Oof. the that's the only way that you could possibly end that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What's your what's your favorite part of the film? Uh, probably uh, the one that sticks out is when um, she comes to the house and there's uh, the apartment and he's with um, that woman he met at the bar. <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, come on, don't be afraid. And uh, uh-huh. Gina Davis, you know, the classic line, oh, be afraid, be very afraid. Uh-huh. And then the girl runs out and then he's arguing with her. And then out of nowhere, he turns and punches the, um, I guess, like the, 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 the post in the in the loft and mm-hmm. shatters the wood. That kind of thing where it's just like, oh, he's gone, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Gina Davis. Oh, I felt so bad for that lady at the bar, too. <laughs> she had no idea what she was in for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. And, like, also, I just feel like she should have seen a lot of red flags with him and that, like, he was wearing his jacket with no shirt underneath. And like... Yeah. And then she was eventually wearing that same jacket. And, yeah. Yeah. When she, would get, when she ran out of the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I... Well, she was impressed by him breaking a man's arm. <laughs> so that shows what kind of woman she is. Where she was like, oh, I'm going to go fuck that guy. I'm going to go home with him. And then he's, and then he's in there. Transporting back and forth, showing him, or showing her that, and she's just like, "Wow, cool!" Like, mm-hmm. at what point, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Know when to leave. You exactly. Know when to leave. I'm just not saying leave. she deserved any of that. Not at all. But no. yeah, she, she had a she had a few chances to get out of there. Mm-hmm. No, The Fly is a great movie. Really so glad is. you picked it. Thank you. Uh, any final thoughts on The Fly? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't see the sequel to it. I, it, it makes me kind of bummed out that there is one. Apparent, I know. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of sullies the whole uh, idea of it. But um, <coughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just, you know, Jeff Goldblum, top of his game. I think it's his best movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you couldn't. 
I'm sure the studio, like I just saw a thing like the, the, the trivia for it. They didn't want him because, um, his, his, uh, very Jewish nose didn't work well with the, with the, the, uh, the makeup, the prosthetics. They said. Really? Yeah. That's pretty interesting, but there's a million reasons on top of that, why they didn't really want him because he didn't have the, the classic leading man looks. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that he proved them all wrong with that mm-hmm. for sure. And like we said before, I just love the metaphor of, you know, drug use, abuse and things like that. And then um, it's just a true psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love horror when it feels more like, um, you know, something I don't want to say like I don't date scientists, so I wouldn't know. But it does feel <laughs> like it's more applicable to real life, you know, mm-hmm. those situations. Like My best friend's a scientist and I can tell you that they are more they're this whole idea of the buttoned up kind of just like, oh, well, you know, like, it's not who they are. They are very wild and out there, and they are the first ones to kind of just be like, oh, you don't get it, you know? Like, they, <laughs> they get this kind of, you know, what I'm doing here is important, and, like, they just kind of have that kind of, yeah, so, he, they, don't go data scientist. <laughs> Words of wisdom that I will take away from this interview. Now watch I'll meet a scientist tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you will. A good Phoenix scientist. University of Phoenix, right here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how many great scientists you're going to find at University of Phoenix, but okay. Uh, So what has been your favorite Bird City moment of the festival so far? Of this festival? Mm -hmm. Uh, Really? Okay. Um, I was part of the festival last year in the first one, and um, it's it's the same kind of... It's not the same exact moment, but it's the same kind of thing, just... Uh, my favorite moments of Bird City are not the moments when we're doing the shows, mm-hmm. um, which you would think it would be all about the comedy, but it's to me, it's more about show up to the hotel, you see some people, you glob on to another group of people. What do you guys want to do? You want to go get coffee? You want to go? I live for those moments. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love this whole comedy summer camp thing that we're doing here. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we were up to like three or four last night, and then uh, this morning I was so hungover and brain dead. Mm-hmm. Leah Mansfield just showed me pictures of trips she's been on, and yeah. I was like, "This is so nice." It was great. Yeah. Can I tell you something though? Oh yeah. Two days, four hours sleep for me. So, oh god. Yeah, you caught me at. Oh wow. Very weird moment, but it's Bird City. What are you gonna do? Yeah, don't sleep. You'll miss the fun. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was yeah. great. And where can people find more about you? Uh, I like to push my Instagram. Mm. I feel like that really represents me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at M Pala M P A L L A four eight zero, which is the Phoenix area code. Oh great. So find me there, and um, yeah, from there you can find everything else I, that I do. I put everything on there. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by. I'm glad we could catch you uh, awake. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you just made it. Yeah, sweet. Thank you.